Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Do you have students with vocabulary goals and have no idea where to begin? This episode of SLP Coffee Talk is for you. Okay, so I have students that have weak vocabulary. I know that from standardized testing, but where to begin? I'm referring now to like the older speech students, you know, the ones that have that basic vocabulary. They grasp that categorization. Maybe they can describe now what? We can drill some synonyms and antonyms, but is drilling a couple random vocabulary words going to really benefit them when they leave our speech therapy room? Probably not, right? How can we come up with a list of vocabulary words and how can we make sure that we're teaching them something that can help them succeed outside our speech room? So let me take you back. Like when I started working with my speech students and I was doing a lot of drilling of those synonyms and antonyms and I was like, I don't feel like they're getting as much out of it as they should be. Like they were very successful in my speech room, but I wasn't seeing progress when I was doing updated testing for their three-year, you know, reavals, or I wasn't seeing the carryover and the retention and the progress session over session. And I was like, okay, so maybe maybe these synonym, antonym, just basic drilling, memorization kind of goals is not where to go. In the beginning, it is great. But after a couple of years of doing this, what can we work on to really build the vocabulary so they can be the most successful? And that is why... I focus on strategies. So how can I teach my students to figure out a vocabulary word when it arises, when when they're hearing a vocabulary word, when they're reading a vocabulary word, when something new is in front of them, what can they do about it, okay? So one strategy I really love to utilize with my students is context clues. I'm teaching them how to figure out what, use the gist of what the whole story is about, 
and use some clues that are about maybe before or after that vocabulary word, maybe a picture on that page also to help figure out what that word could possibly mean. So when I'm working on context clues, my speech students, I'm always starting with nonsense words. Let me step back because I was about to say the word tier one. So are you familiar with the three tiers of vocabulary? So tier one is those basic vocabulary words like cat, dog, chair, car, things that we expect our students to just develop naturally. We expect them to just know these vocabulary words that it's just around them and they're familiar with them. Now I'm going to skip to tier three. Tier three vocabulary words are those curriculum like subject specific vocabulary words like mitochondria, judicial branch, things that they might be studying for a test, but then they will never need again, right? Okay, and yes, our students can utilize our help with those words, and I'll do a whole podcast episode on helping your students tackle those tier three vocabulary words and study for a test and be as successful as possible and how to define them. But when we're helping our students with strategies on approaching words that come their way, we're not going to focus on those words because those words are only going to come their way in their science textbook when they're reading that chapter. But the tier two words are those words that students see across various subject areas. So like increase, decrease, compare, contrast, predict, infer, explain, describe, all those words that they might see in a text or in a comprehension question. So we can teach our students to help figure out what those words can mean because they're going to see them in various situations, not just in science class, social studies class. They're going to see them across all the different subjects and every different topic, unit, what have you. Okay, so how do I start off with context clues? I like to teach my students, you know, about using context clues using nonsense words. So for instance, my go-to nonsense word, don't ask me why, (laughs) is the word blah. So I will substitute a tier one, a common vocabulary word, with the word blah. So the boy took out his yellow blah and started writing his math work. What do you think blah means? Now our students are going to say pencil because they know it because it's a tier one. It's something familiar to them. But it's not digging out the word necessarily. It's how did they know? So how did they know that the clue was yellow, writing, math work, student? All those words helped us figure out that that unknown word was a pencil. So I had to use that example That's my go-to example. Then I might do another one like uh, substituting the word crib, like the baby slept in a blah. You know, what do we know about a baby? Where do they sleep? It's a blah. And using those types of examples to teach my students, okay, there are going to be some clues around that word that you don't know that can help you figure it out. You might not know exactly what that word is, but you, you can figure out the understanding of the entire text if you can figure out those clues around it. Okay, so I recommend trying to start with that. I have some freebies that I'll share on the show notes. I have various freebies on utilizing those nonsense words. And I also have a freebie on like where to begin. It's a little scoot game. It's uh, some task cards for and it's just print and go where they can utilize those nonsense words and then take it to different levels of complexity on tier two words figuring out the context clues for the unknown meanings, okay? So that's where I like to begin, using those unknown words. And then what you can do is like you can take song lyrics that they're familiar with and randomly white out some words. Can they figure out what that hidden word might mean using the clues around it? What is the whole thing about? What do they know about the character? What do they know about the setting? What do they know about the tone or the emotion going on? And what do you think that word could possibly mean? 
Okay, so using those clues like that and starting in a place where our students can really understand it and modeling your thinking about your thinking will really help your students succeed and see how they can use this strategy independently on their own, build their confidence, see that carryover and utilize a skill because we unfortunately we would love to be always around to help our students but we can't be that birdie on their shoulder all the time so giving them these tools will help them succeed and don't forget to always tell your the teachers that you're working with about these strategies okay so to recap i love focusing primarily with those tier two vocabulary words those are those words that are seen across various curriculums but in order to introduce the idea of context clues i find that strategies such as context clues is a great way to help our students succeed when we're not around versus just randomly selecting some vocabulary words to drill and memorize. So I like to introduce context clues using those tier one vocabulary words since our students do know them. So substituting the word blah or writing it out using like a closed sentence, which is like the blanks and have our students figure out, okay, what do you think that means? And how do you know? You use the various clues. Now we're going to do it with a word you don't know. Okay. And I really think you'll see a difference when you start focusing more on strategies versus random vocabulary words. Now, like I said, this is primarily for your older students, upper elementary and older, when they have those basic skills already. They do understand a category. They can associate, they can describe, they understand what a synonym and answer are, and they understand multiple meaning words. Now what can we do? Our students are still struggling when they're reading a text and coming across an unfamiliar word. What can we do to help them succeed? It's all about building that confidence, giving them the strategies. Again, if we're just giving them the answers or giving them a graphic organizer or giving them just a multiple choice and expecting them to be successful, do we need to be doing it in the speech room? Okay, this strategy is beneficial for those students with the weak vocabulary words, the ones that are unable to answer questions or define, not even define, how often uh, you're defining more in like one of those tier three vocabulary texts. We want our students to be able to understand the gist of the entire text when they come across a word that they don't understand, that they can still be successful when they don't understand every single word that they come across. That is how we can build their vocabulary. That is how we can help them succeed in the classroom. That's how we can even bring in that academic relevancy into our speech room, okay? So we don't necessarily need to have those vocab word lists from their classroom teachers to build their vocabulary. You can Google tier two vocabulary words and you'll see a plethora of uh, lists out there on Google. I will tell you to be weary of the grade level lists because just because you're working with a fourth grade student doesn't mean you should only focus on those fourth grade tier two word lists. You can't assume that they have already mastered and understand those grade two, three prior words. And that doesn't mean they're not going to come across some words that might be found on a fifth and sixth grade word list. So we need to be able to teach our students just strategies in general. Okay. So like I said, I'm going to include in the show notes, some two freebies and some resources to help you figure out where your students fall and how you can help them succeed and where to begin to start working with on context clues with your speech students. And it's really all about the strategy. So no matter what text you're reading, whether you're finding a free article on newsela.com and you're coming across a word that they might not understand, or you're watching a YouTube video and you throw out, hey, you know, you throw out a random example of a sentence using a tier two vocab. It doesn't necessarily have to be a word that you expect them to know. We want to help our students be successful in no matter what word they come across, no matter what grade level expectation 
that word might be found. Okay, so think like when you're looking at, you know, maybe state tests or example work from the classroom teachers, look at critically at some of the vocabulary word that's included. Look at the questions, look at the text. What are some words you might see, such as infer, compare, contrast, describe, explain, predict, contribute, prefer. But like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean the grade level you find it on. It's more how familiar do you think they are. And you can, if you're not sure how many words they might know, come up with 10 that you feel that they should know and ask them. Have them utilize it in a sentence. Have them explain it. Throw it in a passage and see, or in comprehension questions and see if they can be successful, if they can figure it out, okay? So I sometimes like to ask my students, are you a friend, acquaintance, or a stranger with some of these vocabulary words? And that's why they can kind of categorize it without having to define it or do anything with it. They can self-reflect and analyze their own awareness and familiarity with these words, okay? So again, to review, I highly recommend considering working on strategies such as context clues to build vocabulary. I prefer starting with tier two vocabulary words. You can start with introducing those nonsense words using tier one vocabulary words to introduce the concept of context clues and be weary of those grade level word lists that you might Google and find. Don't assume that just that student at that grade level should only be knowing those words. Just probe and assess and look at the work that your students are getting in the classroom. That's when you don't need maybe necessarily a vocab list, but maybe look at some sample state test examples or um, maybe like a midterm exam they might be taking or just look at Google some grade level material and you might see some sample vocabulary words included that you might not be so sure if they'd be familiar with. And that's where you can start as like a baseline and take it from there. Okay, so I hope you found this episode helpful, inspiring, even some ideas on how you can increase vocabulary more in your speech room and how you can target these goals without just coming up with random word lists that are meaningless and not effective and doesn't ensure carryover. And I hope you're feeling a little bit more inspired to start your week, start your day, or whenever you're listening to this episode. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I am Hallie Sherman from Speech Time Fun, and I'm going to end this episode like I always do with a joke. Okay, so what did the stamp say to the envelope? Stick with me and we will go places. But I'm ching. Okay, so I love using jokes in my speech room. If this is your first episode you're joining me with, every episode I end with a joke because I love utilizing jokes. I have, I have a joke of the week. It really is a great building rapport tactic and my students really benefit from it, understanding the humor and the vocabulary behind it. So why not incorporate it into my podcast so you can have an idea of a joke to start your week off. Okay, guys, stay out of trouble. Do you love incorporating literacy-based activities in your speech room? Are you looking for more storybooks to add to your collection that are perfect for speech and language therapy? Did you know that I wrote a children's book? Ella Bella Just Can't Tell You is perfect for working on sequencing, describing, WH questions, and more. It is perfect for students with word-finding difficulties too. Check it out on Amazon by going to speechtimefun.com slash Ella Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss 
any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.